0: No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the legend series with Ben Hannant. The story continues. Benny Speaking of that, your consistency was a standout at Brisbane. You you barely, over three seasons, missed a game. You were awarded in 08 with a maroon jersey and a green and gold jersey. What a season. Is that still a highlight, something that stands out 2008? It was incredible.
1: Like I, just, I still remember going to my first ever press conference, being named in the Queensland team. Yeah. You always wish to play in first grade. When you do it's like, fantastic. It's like, but do you think maybe I could play for Queensland? one? Do you think I'd get to that level? Like That to me is like, for a young kid, like that was God level. Yeah. Like to me, that was unbelievable. And when yeah. I got named in the side, I remember Mal Meninga calling me up and said, "Mate, you're in the squad." I, was, I remember just going, "Thank you." Like I just, I just wanted to say the right things to him. They didn't want to upset him anyway. Yeah, try and make him like me even more. Like, thank you so. I can't thank you enough. All that sort yeah. of stuff. And but I remember being in camp. I was so nervous in the press conference. I remember the same thing though. The first thing in those moments, doubt comes in your head. You're not good enough. You don't deserve to be here. You're going to let this team down. Those things come into your head. Just like any other normal person. I guarantee the people listening right now understand what I'm talking yeah. about. Is you start thinking that. And I had a great moment with Petro. And this is why Petro will always be one of my best mates ever on the field and off the field and one of the nicest guys ever. He could see that. He wasn't just focusing about him and what he was doing in the press conference or who wanted to interview him. He could see that... I was struggling with something mentally. No, yep. I didn't say anything. I was tr- probably keeping it to myself. Because he, he came up to me, and gave me a bit of a hug. You know, he probably doesn't remember doing this. But he said, "Mate, you, mate, you know why you're here, right?" And I remember going, "To be honest, Pets, I'm, I'm crapping me Dax. Yeah. He goes, "Mate, the reason you're here is because you're the best man for Queensland the job that needs to be done." We're not asking you to do a job that you don't already know how to do. We need you to do what you do every wow. week for the Brisbane Broncos. That ex- exact job, I don't need you to do more or any less. That job that you do every week is what Queensland needs. It gives me goosebumps now talking about yeah. it because that moment I realised, hang on, I am made to play Origin. What yeah. I am doing, I am the best person at what I need to do at this this position. If it's coming off the bench or mm. starting, whatever it was. I just need to do my job. We always think we have to come up with this big miracle play or do something mm. spectacular. No, it's not. It's the small and simple things we do in life that turn into big results. If we all do the small and simple things right, mm. the job that we need to do and, and do the team effort and do the team, stick to the team game plan, you're going to get those big results. And that moment, I'll, I'll yeah, forever be great. I don't even think petrol even remembers that. Yeah, you know, that's, that's how much of a nice bloke yeah. he is. He does that. That's every day in his life that's the type of bloke he is. But that had a profound effect on me and, and realising that in life, you know, that you have to just do the best version of you.
0: I've been in the industry for 32 years and involved in rugby league for 32 years. It amazes me and astounds me at times. You guys seem so confident on the field as humans, as footballers. Gordon mm-hmm. Tallis, Danny Baderis, Mal Meninga. Wally Lewis, yourself, have all done interviews with me for the Legends series and all said, yeah, I, I battled with self-doubt a lot. Um, another reason why you guys are elite, I think, you find a way to overcome.
1: And that, that in those big moments, those, those, those big obstacles in life, we all go through them. We all have our crosses mm. to bear. We all get nervous. We all get self-doubt. Like, you, you're kidding yourself if you don't get scared. Mm. I was, every, there's not a game that went by that I wasn't scared during a game. Before games as well, like mate, you're not we're, scared we're of the physicality, monsters. are you? No, you've got a big monster, and you've got to stop. You're scared of letting people down. You're yeah. scared of, hang on, this could, this is going to hurt. Yep. I'm about to launch myself and go for a big shot. That mm. if he steps the slightest bit, I'm getting knocked out. Yeah, Now all those different things come through your head, but you learn to switch them off, and you go back to the basics. And this is crucial in life, and I think this is important for everyone. The reason people are so successful, and I learned this in Origin actually, because we got we got time for this. Yes, know? Yeah, sweet, we got time. So when I was in Origin, my first ever training session, rocked up to training. Rocked up fifteen minutes early to training. I thought I was late. Everyone was already on the field. All the players were already not not the coaches weren't out there already, but yeah. all the players were already out. I remember going up to one of the staff, going, "I'm so sorry, am I late?" And he said, "No, no, no, that train doesn't start till nine o'clock." Everyone was already out there. But the thing I noticed, and the thing is, you know, I'm always, I'm not very talented, but I always observe and try to learn from others. Yeah is the forwards were doing the stuff that most forwards don't want to do. They're wrestling and tackling. The outside backs were doing through the hand drills. They weren't kicking field goals. or are doing the Larry stuff. The best players in the world, and a lot of these players will become immortals. Mm-hmm. We're talking Billy Slater, your Cameron Smiths, your yep. Jonathan Thurston's, your your Darren Lockhears. All these guys were doing the basic small things right in their extra time. They Extras. focus on the little things. When things seem impossible, focus on the little things you can control and yep. know that the, your foundations are who you are. You do the little things right. Mm. You do those little things from small and simple things. That, yeah, that's that, that TV ad, From, Little, little things, things, Big Things, things grow, yeah. exactly the same. The, the, these, these top players, this is what I learned from them, and I'm so grateful for them from, is they do the little things better than anyone else. That what makes them so good. Wow. In big moments, they execute those simple drawing passes, those big moments in Queensland always seemed to do do it because that's what they did. They focused on little things. Now, those boys wanted to decide to make little shortcuts and make little mistakes, Mm. from those little things, big mistakes were going to grow. Yep. And that's what I'm so grateful to be a part of that era of that great success with Queensland. The game plan wasn't this you, it was stick to the game plan they will crack. They will look for the big play. They'll look for the big moment. And when that happens, we will execute our game plan and that's where we win. And we always did it. Mm. It wasn't some but thing. It was it was the team always came first.
0: In that same year, the Bulldogs finished with a wooden spoon and that was the next stop on your journey, along with David Stagg, Josh Morris, Brett Camorley and Michael Ennis. A challenge, a business decision, a change of scenery, because from my seat... It appeared everything was perfect for Ben Hannett and Brisbane.
1: Yeah, I wanted to stay at Brisbane. Everything was fantastic until it came time to sign. Yep. I you know, took a couple of pay cuts and, you know, just Brizzy. You want to pay for Brizzy. And I, I'm perfectly fine, A okay, okay with it. But I started playing Origin. I thought, finally, I'm going to make some decent money. Yep. Wayne Bennett got moved on, I think, out of falling out with the CEO, whatever it was, yep. who knows. Went to St. George and went to go to resign. And then I find out. There's no money in the cap, so if I stayed at Brisbane, I'd be back to fifty-two thousand dollars a year minimum wage. They offered me minimum wage in two thousand eight. There
0: you go. As an origin and as international- an origin player,
1: minimum wage. That's all they could offer me, and a one-year deal. They couldn't offer me any more than that. Sorry, guys. So I had no, but I didn't know this at the time. So I knew that uh, the Bulldogs were were chasing really hard.
0: Were you still managing yourself?
1: Ah, uh, yes, still managing myself wow. at this stage. So Bulldogs were managing me, and um, I'll have a bit of fun with you. I'll tell you exactly how that played out. So. They were obviously struggling with footy, not going too great, too well. And um, Sonny Bill was obviously walking. I was actually, you know, Sonny Bill left them that year as well. So Todd Greenberg was the CEO of the club. And so he came up to Brisbane to meet me and gave me the pitch of the plan of the club. And I'm not going to lie, it was very impressive. Very, very impressive. I'm like, mate, this this is really good. But obviously, I want to stay in Brizzy. And I I was managing myself at the moment. I asked Petra, I said, man, I'm playing Origin. What sort of money do you think I can get? He goes, mate, the top props at the moment, you know, 350000 a year. Yeah. I'm like, what, that much? I could get that much? Of you? He goes, mate, yep, you're playing Origin? Yep. I was like, oh, I felt, really, cool. do you reckon I should ask? You know, like That's at the moment. I remember he took me out to dinner. I'm sitting down with him. And I'm trying to be real serious. He's like, so, so what would it take to get you? He gave me the pitch about the club and all that stuff. What, what, what would it take to get you at our club, Ben? I said, well, Petra petro, and said, petro got- said i'm worth 300 said three hundred fifty thousand for a proper my position i'll be worth that I guess is that what it would take he said yep i need 350 a year i'm like please don't get mad at me and say yeah. mate you're not worth it and this sort of stuff he just giggled got his napkin out legit got his napkin right three times 350 and your family they you know trips back back home, all that, like so many trips back to the Gold Coast yep. to visit family because I spoke to him about being homesick. Turned around and said, will you sign it right now? I remember just going,
0: damn it. I no, uh, sold myself short.
1: Yes. Damn it, I should have asked for 450. Yes. <laughs> at that moment, I'm like, damn it, I can't go any higher than this. That was it. But I was super stoked. Like I was yeah. fantastic. And to be honest with you, they they were unbelievable. The, Brisbane, the the Bulldogs fans, the CEO, the club, Todd Todd Greenberg and Kevin Moore were outstanding. Yep. They turned that. then. I remember shaking Sonny Bill's hand because we played and they beat the Brisbane Broncos. He single handedly beat the Brisbane Broncos yep. the last game of the year, and then he got on the. I shook his hand and said, "Mate, look forward to playing alongside you." He said, "Yep, can't wait to play with you." And he's he got gone. on playing that night and left. So I, that's when he left. So I thought I was playing alongside him. Yeah. So he left and went down that club and remember just thinking we we had a great group of young men that yeah. wanted, that really wanted the band together. And people don't realise this about Todd Greenberg and what he was able to achieve at that club at the Bulldogs. So at the Bulldogs at the time, no one wanted anything to do. We didn't even have a sponsor at all. That's nothing
0: right. On the back of the scandals.
1: We're off the back of the scandals, yeah. the wooden spoon and where they're heading and all their, their great players left to the roost and were yep. bagging them, all that sort of stuff. So no one wanted a piece to do with, with the Bulldogs. Now what Todd Greenberg did – was he offered our major... You know, when everyone sells now for like $5 million on the jersey, it was worth about yep. $3 million back and then. He offered that to Camp Quality for free. Camp Quality he to get our too. image back AM for free. And guess what Camp Quality said to us? No.
0: This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business, With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them.
1: Nat, we want nothing to do with you. Wow So next thing This is Todd's leadership Which was fantastic He said I'll pay I think he paid him $200,000 or $250,000 a year We'll find out off him exactly Pretty sure This is what I heard it was $250,000 a year He paid camp quality To be on our jersey Here's how He paid We need We need to fix our image He paid them Jeez. To be on our jersey Wow. To change our image. And we started going, our camp colleague kids started hanging out with us. We're building, you know, we had people like Mick, Mickey Innes, fantastic. Um, with um, Josh Morris as well. We yeah. had still had Bobcat Ryan and General and we had Brett Camorley, all these guys yep. that we just came together as one. And within 12 months of, of Todd Greenberg would have a meeting, I think Mickey and myself would have a meeting with Todd and Kevin nearly every single week. What do we need to do to make this club better? And they'd, ask, they'd actually ask the current players as well wow. what we need to do. How do we get back to being that club? And they listened and then they went and executed straight away. They were they cared so much about the players. They didn't treat us like That's cattle awesome. or meat. You know, it was your wife's birthday. There'd be a voucher for some, you know, flowers and yep. a voucher to some store. Uh, Dally M's, when we all won Dally Ames in 2009. Yep. The wives of Todd Greenberg and Kevin Moore took all the girls to get the hair, nail, organised dresses to be high. So pampered the girls. Like they yeah. really cared about the family, which really made me as a footy player want to play even harder for that club because they genuinely cared about yeah. us. Not I as athletes, that. but as human beings and people. And our kids, they loved and treated them. I remember my kids rocked up. They big a big British Broncos fan, rocked up to the fan day in the Broncos jersey. First thing that Todd Greenberg took took the jerseys off and Brian spanking Bulldogs jerseys on top yep. and said, now you're Bulldogs. And my kids never took them off.
0: Is that right?
1: They, they, they just loved that club and they looked after us so well. It was incredible the transformation from where they were within that 12 months. And Kevin Moore and Todd Greenberg deserve a huge, huge rap for what they were able to do Win the Space we were We were equal minor premiers that year. Yeah. From wooden spooners to equal minor premiers, who does that?
0: You're glowing when you talk about your time with the Bulldogs. You obviously enjoyed it. So I guess why back to Brisbane for four seasons? But in Brisbane, Wayne was gone. Ivan Henjak had set off hand grenades around the joint. And Anthony Griffin had come in. From your seat, what had changed? Well, Ivan was the coach. So I got along fine with Ivan Mm. at the start. He got sacked in that
1: first precinct there. But the reason I came back, most people don't know the reason I came back, is personally my life was going through a really tough period My oldest son was going through a really, really tough patch. We we didn't know that he was on the ASD spectrum. We just thought we had a bit of a naughty kid. We're doing everything we can. We loved him, did everything we could. But life was getting so tough and, you know, I try not to get emotional about this, but it got so tough that he had to come to training with me every day. He was Beaten up my wife most as She could. She'd know she was crying every day. If she wasn't with me, she was crying to me every day. I don't know what to do. I'm failing as a mum. Life is so tough. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a terrible mum. I don't deserve kids. I'm not You've
0: both now got self doubt.
1: So we're, we're oh, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm at training. I'm like, I need to get home to help her, but I can't leave training because i got to stay yep. there. And then, are you okay? And you now he's, he's, he's only, <laughs> at this stage, Kai would have been, so it was 2009, he would have been four, five, yep. five years of age. And then it started going to self harm, as well. So not oh just saying like dear. you think of a five year old like this. This breaks my heart, and mm. no parent should have to go through this. Is a five year old saying I don't want to be in this world anymore because this world doesn't make sense. I don't want to be here anymore. Jeez. I want to go back to heaven. I don't want to be here. And what do you say to a five year old kid? This is started happening. This this turned into be good days when he'd say this. It was a bad day. Like and he would would self harm himself. Mm. But it was a bad day when it, things were going fine. Would. We'd be at home. Everything was fine and something would happen. We didn't know what happened that triggered him to have a meltdown. And next thing you have a prompting to go check on your son and he's in his room with a paper bag around his head with electrical tape around it and he's going blue. He's barely breathing and you don't you just have that prompting to go check on him. What do you do? That parental instinct. Is football instinct. more important or do no. you need to get help? Yeah, and we realised at that point. I remember speaking to Toddie Greenberg and Todd, and Kevin Morrison, mate. I need to go home. I need I need to, my family's homesick. We're struggling, but I thought was too embarrassed to even tell them what was really going yeah. on. Yeah, was a, it? was a tough situation. And my my, my and we got him straight back. I'm lucky. I played footy. I was earning good money. Yep. I was able to get him all the help he needed and and you know, learn the tools to be able to do those things. But we got back home, and yeah, you know, footy wasn't the those four years of Brisbane it was probably the worst four years of my career. I hated my time I didn't hate my time I will take that back didn't hate my time but I really struggled being myself and playing under you know the coaching staff well there. your priorities
0: really, your family probably was your, my family your, but your family had, I would, would love to
1: finish my career off at the ball. I would love to stay there and done it but I, we desperately we needed help mm. we needed help and we, we were lucky enough and I'm very blessed that we did get to go back and I learned a lot of good things a lot of bad things about myself and others when I went back but we got the help we needed and then now the you know, the big shining light is my son now. Most kids' people don't even know he's on the spectrum. Most people, he's got the tools to cope. He loves life. He's working now. He's doing an apprenticeship while he's at school. You know, he's investing, doing all different things. He's a great young kid. And so that period in my life, that decision to leave the Bulldogs, as hard as it was for my career, my career was on the onwards and up. I got Dalian property year, mm. the year before I left and, I, you know, essentially I went to a club where, you know, I probably wasn't, you know, I don't think – I don't want to bag the coach or whatever it mm. is. Uh, Hook's a great coach. It wasn't for me, but yep. I don't think he rated me as a player. And so you know, things didn't – my footy mm. career then went, went – started to go backwards from there. And yeah, part of it was myself too. I probably wasn't performing at best as well, but I just didn't uh, – I don't know if I lost confidence or motivation or what it was mm. or thought I was better than myself, all, all those things. I'm, I'm guilty of all those things. I'm you know, The reason I am the way I am mm. It's because mistakes I've made and the way I fixed them up. And, you know, I had made a lot of mistakes those four years at Brizzy. But, um, you yeah, know, but I, I've learned from them and, you know, a lot of good and bad came from it.
0: More important, the fact that Kai, because of the love and the support and the counseling and the specialists, is now doing well.
1: He's doing fantastic. Yeah. And, like, I'm, I'm so, so proud of him. And I'm so glad he's my oldest child, too, because as long as a lot of things he struggles with, but a lot of those kids on the spectrum have a lot of great strengths. They're very good at keeping the rules. They're very good at working yep. hard. They stick to a task. You know, they focus when they do something, they do yep. it right. So there's so many aspects of life. You just need their brains wired differently. They just need to learn the tools a different way to be able yeah. to build it. It's like building a house, but just you go off different plans, you know. It's, and that's something that we had to learn as parents how to parent all over again and, mm. and how to do it, and which has helped us with the other kids. And
0: Has had, it helped you with the other seven? Oh, big
1: time, big time. And the great thing is... There'll be parents listening right now. We've got kids and they're pulling their hair out going, I don't know what to do. I'm failing it. I'm telling you, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We knew, thought there was no light. We thought we were going to be burying our kid, to be honest.
0: Jeez.
1: But there is light at the end of the tunnel. There's help out there. There's there's avenues. And the great thing is now too, It's all there wasn't government funded back then. You know, yeah. We had to pay for it, which I was lucky I was playing footy. And there's families I feel sorry for that couldn't afford it. And that's when Matty Rogers started For SD Kids and all those sort of yep. things as well. But now a lot of it's government funded. Which is fantastic. Which is going to help these kids be able to grow up and reach their potential.
0: North Queensland, two thousand and fifteen. What a year to be a cowboy! It was unreal. It's um like the
1: the cowboys, the culture at, at Townsville was unbelievable. The people, like I know it's there's over two hundred thousand people that live up there. But you go to the baker, you know your baker. You go to the butcher, you know your butcher. You're like oh, I was spending days with my butcher. He's teaching me how to debone meat. For, I'd go in there for a day, debone meat, cutting up. Um, uh. Chook Cox, he'd me stuff. I'd spend a day with him. You go out fishing with, with old mate who was your baker or whoever. It's, yeah. You just knew everyone. It had the vibe around town that everyone knew everyone. Everyone looked after each other and it had that, that good old country-style football mm. town about it. And it was, it was just an incredible year up there.
0: Tackle five. This is the last. It's bounced away to Thurston. Comes up Blair. Got rid of Blair. Pushes away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan, Morgan crosses the 20, comes away to O'Neill. gets ah! the ball away. Ah! And, and Felt, Felt has scored, oh, Felt scored in the corner, look at the box, it's a try. Well if you don't believe in fairy tales, we might see the giant fairy tale of all time, here right now. With Thurston, a kick from the sideline to win a premiership for the Cowboys. You weren't on the field for the Kyle Felt Tribe. Paul Green had taken all the big units off, so you were a spectator and I guess helpless for the moment. What do you recall of the play and the emotion?
1: The big thing I remember is actually what went on before that. If you remember, I think it was about 10 minutes, both teams were exhausted. We ran out of the yep. interchange. So if Paul Green wanted to put on, Wayne Bennett wanted to put players, we couldn't. Both teams ran out of interchange. Both teams were spent. But the problem with Brisbane had is they they started trying to game manage. Instead of keep playing the game, they tried to game manage the game and started kicking out. And that's when I thought I thought the game was done and dusted. We lost. Yep. We, you don't win grand finals, you lose them. I think okay, Brisbane had a, had a big lesson to learn there that that they lost that grand for They started kicking out and giving us the ball back, mm. allowing us back in it. But the big moments, it wasn't JT's magical field goal that, that won the game. If you remember, they were up. Um so the 5-8 for Brisbane, Milford, mm. made a break. and They're up, they're winning, and they make a break. And Kyle Felt chases him down. Like Kyle Felt is the hero of that whole grand final. And, so, and him, him and Morgan, mm. like we, the rest of us tried our guts out and did everything. Yeah. But he chased the ball back. They've made the break. The game's over. They've made the breaks. Last dying minutes. Remember, he makes him knock it on. He punches the ball out and gets the ball back.
0: Correct, yeah. That, that moment doesn't
1: happen. We don't win that grand final.
0: Yep. Hey legends! I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Would you like to be part of the team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go, from scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings, and more. The opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we can cater to businesses both big and small we will work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Packages start from as little as $150. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au.
1: get the ball back, we march down the field, they go to JT, now thank goodness for Sammy Thider had a burst of energy, went after JT, Yeah. because he did a little circle, pivoted, nothing on for him, so he went back to Michael Morgan, now people don't know this about Morgo, Morgo is left handed, Morgo's playing on the right hand side of the field, so he's skipping across the field, he takes the ball from his predominant hand in his left hand, puts it in his right hand, now you pick up a ball with your bad hand, yeah. And you try running at top speed while dodging players, skipping across the field, trying to draw the winger in, and then flicking the ball with your bad hand perfectly out the back Mm. to a flying Kyle Felt and hit him on the chest, threading the needle through the player between the winger and the centre with your bad hand in the dying seconds of a grand final, the biggest game ever in the history of the Cowboys, and and you nail and execute it perfectly. That, to me, is just confidence, backing your ability, Knowing who you are and what you yeah. are, backing who you are as a person. That moment, he lived up to his potential. Michael Morgan yeah. lived up to his true potential in that moment. You will not get a better moment than that. But then also, Cole felt then put that incredible kick up as well, yeah. which, which was just. Man, I feel to this day, I still feel sorry for Benny Hunt. I think he still has nightmares about that kick. But the thing is, ninety nine percent of the blokes underneath that won't catch it. I would never. I wouldn't catch one of them. No. So. I can't, you can't blame the poor bugger.
0: One of the great stories, we did one of these legend series interviews with Matt Scott, and in the week leading up to the grand final, Michael Morgan went up to Thumper and said, do you think I should be carrying the ball in my other arm so I can do this? Stop it. I didn't know this. This is 100%. unreal. 100%. How good is this? And even better. Th- and Thumper, being the brains of the team, said... Don't change a thing (laughs) (laughs) But see He's already thinking How can I
1: better my game How can I What else can I do Yeah And probably His brain probably went there I should be doing this Because in that moment He he must have done Because it's In those moments Big moments come down To little situations Small moments In those big moments Yeah And that was Simple thing Of changing hands That little flick pass Perfectly executed Any other pass Probably wouldn't have made it It Would have got battered down Knocked down Whatever it may be It threw the winger in and uh, Paul Bigotti was will, will still have nightmares of oh. Wayne spraying him. Don't
0: come off your wing. Don't come off your <laughs> wing. Uh, one of the great trivia questions is who is the only bloke to win a premiership for two Queensland clubs? Answer. Ben Hannant. <laughs> it's a pretty cool claim, mate. The yeah, only
1: one. The only, the only claim I've really got, which is fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's I'm a very passionate Queenslander. I love this state. Yep. I'm, I'm so honored I was able to play from them. I'm so just grateful to even live in this the Sunshine State. Mm. There's so many great experiences and people I've met from out west and wherever, and the great thing about Origin too is they take you in Origin time out to the western parts of Queensland. They're doing it tough in floods or fires or whatever it may be. People are doing it tough at Origin time. You see how much football means to them, and it makes you appreciate who – what you do and who you represent. You're not just representing yourself and the team and mm. your family. You're representing Bill that lives out on the farm that's his cattle are diving from starvation. Yep. Tracy who lost a house in a bushfire. All these different people, you represent them. Because in that moment, footy does an incredible thing. This is the great thing about sport. It transforms people from the the, the hardship in their life, whatever hardship they're going through. Mm. You know, if it's abuse, if it's fire or it's flood, whatever it is, in that moment of that game, they can switch off the world yeah. and be a part of something greater than themselves. And that's the great thing I love about rugby league. When I watch the games now and I commentate origin or if I'm commentating the, those big moments mm. and I see those moments, I, I feel that moment again. I feel that these players understand. And that's the great thing about the culture of Queensland. They realise who they're representing.
0: I think it was Mick Crocker that said in his interview, I, I understood my responsibility of representing Queensland. I thought that was a really cool way to look at it. It's, it's not a privilege. It's a responsibility when you're, you've you're, got that you're, jersey.
1: You're representing so much more than just yourself. And, yeah. and your role in that team, and, and it was a simple role for all of us too. Mm. You just, just have to do that to perfection. And that's what it takes to beat New South Wales. They had... The teams that were incredible with star-studded lineups with incredible skill and ability, but we're a team that could come better, come together better than any other team in yep. history. We came together through that eight-year period. We came together better than any other team. Mm. It didn't matter who was in, who was out, who was injured. We had times when Lockie was out injured. We had times when JT was out injured, yep. Billy Slater, all these guys, Cameron Smith. We still found the way. It didn't matter who. It, it mattered who we were as a team.
0: Yeah. Sadly, a little over 12 months later your career, it, it did come to a sudden and premature end. You signed on to play again for North Queensland, but 10 days later the realisation, your knee was done. How much did that hurt? Not physically, mentally. Yeah, To be honest with you, I probably could have
1: played on, but an opportunity came. I'll be honest with you. There like, mm. came an opportunity that what actually went down when I was at the Cowboys in 2015 and 16, mm. they needed someone at the radio to go in for free to go in there for free and just do the wrap up of how we went on the weekend on Triple M and on CFM as well in uh, Townsville. In Townsville, yep. Just at a local station, one break, and I uh, thought, know, you know what, this would be a good experience. I can't read, write. I'm dyslexic too, by the way. I never did English in my life, but you know, I, is that true? Hundred wow. percent. you get me to read something right now? I'll be honest with you. I'll struggle. I'll read it back to front. I'll get there if I memorise it. Yeah, I'll have to read it a couple of times over. But no, I struggle with it. Okay, I struggled at school. You know, it wasn't my 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 bag, but. It was an opportunity to learn something where, you know, it sort of interests me a little bit. But I went in there, but I said, I'm not going to do the normal stuff. I'm not going to go in and... Just do the same boring footy answers. Because I think fans yep. deserve better than that. I think they deserve to know who we are because what makes footy players tick? Cause I love hearing the stories from the players. Yeah. How, what makes them tick? What they get up to on the weekend because they're funny buggers. They live life yep. to the fullest. But the thing is the life lessons you can learn from these players, if they could open up and tell you exactly what they're thinking and how they got to where they are, yeah. would change so many people's lives so if they felt the comfortable. But the Australian way, it's the tall poppy syndrome. We're worried to open up because we'll get knocked down from yep. someone. Yeah. Yeah. But I used to go in there. I thought, you know, we'll do a quick thing about the wrap of the footy. Yep. But what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a teammate in and show the person I think what we're like in the dressing room. So I'm going to take, you know, take the piss out of them. They'll take the piss out of me. Yep. So, I'll give you an example: Jason Tarmalolo, biggest, yeah. toughest front row, ten million dollar player. Yep. But what most people don't know about Jason Tarmalolo is back when the craze of Pokemon Go, he would go out chasing Pokemon till three am in the morning, night before a game, chasing Pokemon around Sydney or wherever we were. Chasing charmenders or whatever, whatever the hell they call the Pokemon. Is he, that he's true? Been, supposedly, spent thousands of dollars buying Pokemon accounts. Of people like buying people's to get the collection. Like, wow. Crazy. He plays Halo to 3am against, you know, he's a game or staff to 3am in the morning playing against 12 year old kids (laughs) mucking around. You know, that's the bloke. He's a big kid. He's a champion. But people wouldn't know this about him. Yeah. So I'd say that, but I'd also give him some crap. He'd know some dirt on me. Something went down at home, mate. What about you? Hang on a minute. I'd give it to him about that. Hang on. What about you and you? So I'd give him a bit. He'd give me a bit. It was funny. It'd always be highlighted. It was different. And we're having fun. Yeah. And, um, I got a phone call in the off-season of 2016, end of 2016. So after I played my last game, yep, I signed to keep playing and, you know, my knee was buggered as well. Yeah. I'm like, crap, you know, I've got to put food on the table. And they asked me in Brisbane to come to Brisbane and do a, a demo. I'm like, what the hell's a demo on radio? What's that mean? goes, maybe to tell a personal story, a, a, a local story and, uh, you know, something topical. Three stories, like what we do at footy, and the good thing about footy players, footy players will make the best radio announcers because, mate, we can. The boys can tell a story. you story up, in, tellers in the, in, the, in the sauna, yeah. Mate, if you tell a bad story, you know about it. The boys yeah. will bag you and give it to you. So you get your story right, fast, quick to yep. the point, and a good out. And we can always add a bit of GST as well. Correct. So, I went there, did the three stories. It was only an hour. I did one hour. Of, I've never done radio in my life. Did one hour of a radio of a demo with two people. At the end of I shook my hand. I got a free flight to see my family on the Gold Coast. Beautiful. Did it in Brisbane. Went back to sign my contract to keep playing. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from the station, mate. What would it take for you to hang up your boots and come, come do radio on the Gold? Breakfast radio, which breakfast radio is like the NRL of yeah. radio. Like that's big time. Wow. So I've done one and that was it. I'm like – are you you're for real? Like, yeah. Are you serious? Like, I hang up my boot. And so I've got a bung knee that's got all the cartlets taken out of it. Yep. been given an opportunity. I said, look, I'm going to have to think about it. And I went and spoke to my wife and I told her situation. She's like, you're an idiot. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, you're an idiot. She goes, why haven't you said yes yet? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm still a footy player. I'm a fucking foot- still a good footy player. Yeah. I can still play this game. I love this game. We can do a couple of years here. We can go to England, you know, give the kids a different culture. She's like, yep. why? What's left to achieve? What yep. life lessons do you have to learn in this? You played for Australia, you played Origin, you've done All Stars, you won comps, you've got Dali and prop. What's left to do here? I can see a What's logic. What's left to do here?
0: Mm.
1: At that moment, like, damn it, I hate you because you make a point. You're yeah, right.
0: <laughs> they but always. She was are. right,
1: and I had that moment where I was like, you know, I had to eat a bit of humble pie and like, you know, what? My life isn't footy's just a small period mm. of my life where I've learnt great life lessons, which and made friendships for life that have helped set me up to get to me where I am now. There's another door right now. Am I willing to walk through it and take the skills I learned from mm. footy about working hard at a game plan, getting to the point, executing, being the best you can be? And, and you know, what? I, I was like, stuff it. Yep. It was scary as hell. Like, I'm i some I've never spoken these things. Like, it wasn't yeah. my bag. It wasn't wasn't me. I, don't, I never did public speaking at school ever. Yeah, I got an E. Best mark I ever got in English was an E because I never did it. <laughs> never did it. And so I'm thinking, hang on and then, I'm going straight to the top to it's like some getting some 18-year-old kid that's never played footy, guess what you're running out yeah. and playing first grade? Congratulations like that that yeah. and I still tell my boss, you're an idiot. Like how dumb mm. were you to sign me? Because mate, I saw something in you. There was something that, you know, the relatability and who you are right. and whatever it may be. I still think he's crazy. But what I've been doing yarn. it for five years now. But that's that's the reason why I retired. Realistically, yes, yeah. I had a bung knee. Could I have pushed on with it? Yes, it wouldn't have been good for me. But the, that, that was going on behind the scenes as yep. well. I had, I had to make that decision. I don't have to keep bashing my body anymore. I don't have mm. to do this anymore. Now it's time to
0: get a new chapter and show your kids you can do more than, you're more than one trick pony. Timing was right. Now, you mentioned the kids, and this is the most important question of the interview. And back to where we started. Eight kids. Order, names, birthdays. I've checked with Emma, so I've yep. got the numbers in front of me. Go. Easy. Kai, my oldest champion, sixteen years of age.
1: He's born on the third of the eleventh, two thousand and five. The next one is Ella. She's gorgeous, fourteen years of age. Um, she is the twenty-fourth of the seventh, oh seven. Next one is Mia, lovely, beautiful young girl. She is just turned twelve actually. She she's born on the twenty third of the ninth, oh nine. Doing great things, she is. Next one is Braxy Boy, little brax attacks. He's the twenty second of the sixth, two thousand and eleven. I'm doing pretty good, aren't I, so you, far?
0: You are doing really the well. The next one down is Ava. Ava. Little
1: yep. Ava's great little horse ride, Little Ava. Does a great little job. Her birthday's the 22nd of the 5th, 2013. And then the next one's super easy. It's Channing. I was up when I was up at the Cowboys. Little Channing. Little yep. Channing. He's named after Channing Tatum. All my boys are named after good-looking, famous... So Kai after Kai Hurst. Yep. Channing after Channing Tatum. Yep. Brax from Home and Away as well. There so they're go. all named after famous good-looking blokes that my wife loved. So that's we're the boys and all the wow. girls finishing A after, after Emma. So obviously Channing, he was a boy when I at the Cowboys. So he's easy. Number six, we thought he was our last child. So June 30, cut off for the financial year. Easy to remember, June 30, yep. 2015. So that's his one. Then you've got little Kawa. Yep. Koa is – Oh, crap. I'm going to have to think about this one. Number seven. <laughs> yeah. It's number seven. So he's the 23rd of March. Yep. 2000. He, his year is a bit different because we weren't expecting he was a bit late. It's not two years. So 15, 16, 17. He's 2018. Yeah. Am I right? Am I right there? Got it? Yes. That? Yep. And the last one's a little Pippa, a little, little gorgeous pip. Pippa. She's born in December, the 4th of December. The way I remember that is because number four is my lucky number. That's when I won four, uh, 200 grand on the scratchy when I was at the Rooster's.
0: You won 200 on a Scratchy. I not know that story. No.
1: No, no. I always worked two jobs whenever I did footy. So I worked at the markets, obviously, yep. when I was at the Bronx. But I was at Roosters. I worked getting up early in the morning counting the cash. Anything that wasn't a dollar that was on the ground at the pokies at the leagues club Yeah, you know, it was your money. So when you went and got the papers across the road, the first time I ever did this, too, by the way, I never ever bought a Scratchy. Went over there, had $3 something in change, bought a $3 scratchy, came back to the office room, because once you finish your job, you still had a bit of time to kill. Yep. If you did if they found they'd make you wash table. So I just sat down with the talking footy. Scratched it, said I won a free scratchy. So I said about 15 minutes to kill. Walked back over, said I won, waiting to get my free scratchy. They said actually you won four dollars worth of scratchies. I'm like, sweet. They go, Do you want the three dollar one again and the dollar $1, one? Or do you want a four dollar one? I said, give me the longest plan, four dollar scratchy. There's a Vegas Vegas one with crosswords, twenty one, yeah, and it had two dice was two rolls of dice. Roll one, roll two. Roll one was number four, number four. Roll two was number four and something else. But under roll one was a prize. Roll two was a prize. Started scratching under roll one, which had two fours. Saw these little zeros. I saw two two hundred thousand. I remember going to Kath King, who works at the Rooster. Still, she's still there. I said, Kath, I think at once, she said, good on you, how much? You won't believe me, I showed her, she goes, get out, no way, it can't be that simple, two rolls, just two dice, four and four, scratched, well, she goes, no, um, I count over 200,000 every morning of money that comes out of those pokies, so I know what that looks like in cash, I'm walking back to the really old lift that the rooster's trying to walk across, I'm holding them like, this is, I see what that amount of money looks like, I'm holding 200 grand in my hands, if this is right, I walked over to the bloke at the agent said, mother, think it one. He's like, oh, good on you. Put it through. And he walked off and served someone else. I'm freaking like, don't walk off. Yeah, don't move. Walked, served this other person, came back and then he goes, oh my goodness, you've won 200 grand. Yeah, won 200 grand. So number four, that's how I remember Pip's birthday. She's 4th of December, 2019. So that's all my kids. I love them to death. They are my world. They are my everything. I'll die mm. for those kids. I'll do everything I can to make sure that they're good citizens in society, working hard and doing good things in the community.
0: If they follow what you and Emma teach them and have become, they will do just fine. 247 NRL games, 12 state of origin jerseys, six kangaroo jerseys, two premiership rings and a wonderful legacy as a footballer and more importantly as a bloke. Ben Hannan, you, sir, are a legend.
1: Thanks, Andy. Appreciate your time.
0: We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The Weekly Wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon. Legends.